clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? Oh, are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We're seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown. Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. So, you know what? I'm using a little bit of Adam's, uh, what he just said about his prediction with the Carolina Panthers-Philadelphia Eagles game. I don't think Panthers win. Now, actually, I, I don't yep. think Adam's right with his way that you attack the Eagles' defense. You don't run on them. You actually do throw on them. That's true. But I'm going to say, and everybody is real curious about the backfield of the Philadelphia Eagles still, the injury of Jay Ajayi, so now they're playing with some lesser-known guys, but guys that can definitely play. I am going to say that in that game, there is going to be over 250 combined rushing yards of the two teams. Now, that may that's going to include everybody. That includes Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, who Adam did say are going to have big games. I obviously expect that. And I feel like these lesser-known, quote-unquote, running backs of the Eagles are going to do just fine holding their own, continue to hold down the fort, and we might even see a few more runs from Mr. Carson Wentz than we normally do. So here we go, 250 total rushing yards between nope. the two teams <laughs> uh, in this game. Well, even better. You heard it here first, let's get Adam in. I'm so excited. I don't want to hear this. So our episode got super long, super quick, according to Josh, so my friend's fortune is that next week, we will be under an hour and a half, just <laughs> this. I digress. So you're gonna be like that's it. Yeah, we talked about the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens People having eleven sacks <laughs> this past week, tying an NFL single game record. Is that true? Yeah, I thought it was twelve. Eleven. We're traveling to a fun little game coming up. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to the Indianapolis Colts, and I've been afraid to tell my friends' fortune be about the Bills. You can never, it just can't. That being said, I feel pretty confident in this one because I think that we're not getting the respect that we deserve. And this is a I'm perfect segue. Two, actually, you know what? I'm going to make three bold predictions right now for Ooh. my friend's fortune. I'm going to get them all correct. <laughs> the NFL record for most sacks in an NFL game combined is 18. 18 sacks in one game. And that record is the Green Bay Packers versus the San Diego Chargers on September 24th, 1978. The Packers had eight sacks. Chargers had ten. Wow. Now, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, who are ranked third in sacks taken right now with 24. And that's with a pretty mobile quarterback in Josh Allen. And this upcoming week, we're going to have either Nate Peterman or Derek Anderson. 
And while Indianapolis has only given up 10 sacks this year, which is actually really great for them having fixed their offensive line a little bit, I think that they have not faced a pass rush like the Buffalo Bills and a defense like the Buffalo Bills, who had seven sacks last week. So not only do the Colts and the Bills break the record for combined sacks in a game, they each break the single game record. <laughs> Both teams this is so intense. 12 sacks, 24 total, a new NFL record. Is that two or three? All right, we're so both back in the oh, room okay. together. So if you lasted with us through it. Who? All right. So it was close. The teams combined for two sacks. <laughs> And ironically, the Bills had the two sacks. They didn't give up a single sack. There we go. Well, there again. They didn't need to. They were just throwing it to the other team. Anyway. All right. What was yours like? Uh, So there was 179 total rushing yards. So not that bad. 71 yards off. But McCaffrey and Cam both had good games. A lot less than I expected. Yeah, that's true, though. I mean, McCaffrey had like 39. Cam had like 50. Oh, oh! I guess McCaffrey did a lot of his damage in the air. Yeah. But. So and and it kind of is just funny because I I felt really confident going into this yeah. to do that, and I mean I, that's why I made a move to get Wendell Smallwood before mm-hmm. we started our fantasy games this week. I, I I felt so confident. Yeah. In in that game, and there was like really, when you look at it, very little rushing across the board yeah. for those two teams. I mean, 179 is a lot. It's okay. Um, it's not bad, but I mean, for the two teams, and I was expecting it to really be a ground and pound kind of game. Yeah, I mean, I was wrong. So that's all right. Um, we'll get one of them eventually. I'm gonna get mine this week. Yeah. So yours, you went on a. I said it was close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I what happened was it got away from me in the room. I got really pumped up. You got really curious because away I pulled there. out because I pulled out the stats and I was like. And, and it made sense that it could possibly happen with the Bills having given up a lot this year. I wasn't sure about Our pass rush being pretty good. sacks each. And then, and then I said combined, and I was like, that one's not that bad. Like, I feel like we could be 18 total with the two of them. And then I got so excited, and I said the wrong word, and I was like, we're just going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I thought that was a ton of fun. And I've been so excited to hear that since Sunday because <laughs> you've been like, I don't even want to listen to it. So that was a lot of fun. But it's a great segue yeah. into our Rant Rave Recall it's segment. Great. It's great but before we get there, we obviously need to say hello to all of you listening. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. My name's Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And welcome back to episode 8. Episode 8. We've been talking about it up to this point, my friend, but we are officially at midpoint yeah, of the NFL season. Happy about it. You stopped by my house and we watched a little bit of football on Sunday and you said <laughs> I miss football. <laughs> So, obviously, you know, appreciate it while you can. Don't, Absolutely. Don't ever take it for granted. Absolutely. So, with that being said, let's get into Rant Rave Recall. Uh-huh. It's always a uh, pretty popular segment for us. And I am going to go to your Buffalo Bills for my rant. Can I leave the room for this? No, you cannot. I want you to have to listen to it and say all hear all of the nasty things to, I'm going to I say. I have to watch it. Yep. <laughs> so... In live and in person. So the reason I'm upset about this, because I really have no justification to be upset. Like, why do I care? I'm a I'm a Dolphins and a Green Bay Packers fan. So but the thing is, so I'm talking with Adam on Sunday morning because obviously uh, the second of the three London games were played. So mm-hmm. we're up early and we're talking. We're working working on our fantasy lineups. And Adam says to me, 
referring to something completely different. So it's not like he swayed me into doing this. It was just completely my own decision, which I'm already <laughs> upset about. Kicking myself over, but it's fine. So he told me that the Buffalo Bills defense is really good. And I'm like, you know what? They are really good. I don't know all the stats off the top of my head, but they're like very good. In they're the, in top 10 in every category. In, I don't know if they getting, still are, in but... In getting turnovers, <laughs> Indy has given away like 14. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be a good play. So I sub, I, I, I drop a defense to get Buffalo Bills into my lineup, and they get shellacked all over the field. I'm so upset. Somehow they got a safety, which they made, did get a which safety. gave them a solid zero points in fantasy instead of negative two because I proposed a, a change for safety scoring in our fantasy league this year. So, But I'm so upset. What the heck, Buffalo Bills defense? The past few weeks, Adam, it was just last week that Adam went on this like tirade about how the offense was so god-awful, but the defense was great. And so like that's even more fuel to my fire. I'm like, yeah, this is a really great move. And then they go and get like 37 dropped on them. They have no... Oh, they got two sacks, right? Mm -hmm. They got two sacks, but you expect more. They didn't get any turnovers. All of these things in the red zone. They let Marlon Mack look like he was Walter Payton out there on the field. What the heck is going on? So now you have a god-awful offense with Derek Anderson. Now you have a god-awful defense. So what's going on, Buffalo Bills? You know what, Sean McDermott? I'm not going to say you deserve to be fired because you don't. I don't believe that. I do believe that you're a pretty good head coach and you still need a few years to get in there and get that going on. But you're a defensive guy and you have really great talent. So what the heck is going on? Who? I'm crying. <laughs> I, I held back a little bit. Can I just say for a sec, <clears throat> the last four games in fantasy football for the Bills defense... 19 points scored against Minnesota, 9 against Green Bay, 15 against Tennessee, and 17 against Houston. So yeah. it wasn't theoretically a dumb play. It was actually I pretty mean, smart. I mean, I felt smart about it, was it pretty smart. going into it, and then, you know what? Zero. Not that that would have saved me at least me it was all. zero. <laughs> it it, none of it would have saved me in that game, but <clears throat> whatever. Wow. Ooh, yeah, okay, I feel better. I'm in pain. All right, my friend, uh, I think you have a recall. I have a recall. And it's for all of you Baltimore Ravens fans out there. I'm finally going to admit the Baltimore Ravens are a very good football team. Yeah, I haven't believed Get in them on the, the bandwagon. And and here's the thing: is I don't know Been if they'll preaching make the... that train all for almost all year. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I actually, if I had to bet, I would still say they don't make it, and that they just on the outside looking in. No. That being said, in a loss last week, they showed me something because. Most of their wins in this season were not that incredible or impressive, to, in my opinion. And finally, they faced the test, and it was like, okay, here we go. Here's your test. And they answered the bell. They they should have went into overtime against the New Orleans Saints team, who I still am picking to win the Super Bowl. And they, they just really, really impressed me. And, you know, they really matched New Orleans' punch for punch the the whole way, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and Drew Brees had a great day. He had 22 of 30, 212, two touchdowns. And Kamara had a touchdown. And Michael Thomas had seven catches and a touchdown. Ben Watson had a touchdown. Should have picked him up in fantasy. But, you know, Joe Flacco, 23 of 39, 279, two touchdowns, no picks. Lamar Jackson had a rushing touchdown. Uh, so they just really and, and John Brown, props to you, man. Seven catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown. You know they spread the ball around. Crabtree had five catches. Snead had three. Buck Allen had three. Collins had three. So like 
this team just really has they have they have weapons. Flacco spreads it around. Yeah. They run the ball when they can. Their defense is solid. It's just I and I love John Harbaugh. I've always been a Harbaugh fan, so I don't know why I've been so down on the Ravens this year. But I I've been down on the Ravens, and I'm I'm recalling it. They're a very good football team who I think just get left out of the door for the playoffs this year. There we go. I mean, obviously, I agree that the Baltimore Ravens are yeah. a very good football team. Uh-huh. I am on the the side of them getting in now. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's definitely, they are a very good football team. They are. You, can't, you better, can't really deny them that. Better than the last handful of years. Without a doubt. Um, I said it last week, the last handful of weeks, I love the weapons that they finally got around Joe Cool. Uh, and the defense is just very legit. It's always been legit under Harbaugh, but for some reason this group is just playing with some some confidence right yeah. now. And to be able to stop, or I don't want to say stop because they didn't stop, no. be able to limit Contained pretty well yeah. the highest scoring offense in the league right now. Were they really the highest scoring offense? Yep. Uh, it's not L.A.? No, it is the New Orleans Saints. It's not I mean, the it might either? Not any, it might not anymore. Wow. Probably not All right. anymore. But. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so kudos to Baltimore. Who? All right. Welcome, welcome to the, the club. <laughs> We're going to do a new segment here for you guys uh, listening today. This is uh, called Crushing It. Yeah. Uh, I say that all the time at work and whatnot in, in my daily life. And so I was like, hey, let's make this a segment where we're going to talk about really? a, a player or, or it could be a coach, it could be anything. Maybe really it could be cool. a, an equipment manager who's not deflating balls. That's mine this week. Or something where we think they really went uh, above and beyond and they're just crushing it. They're we're doing a really do, great job. We're going to do an opening for this one. We just got to just do it like we say it at work. So it's be like, it's time for crushing it. it. <laughs> I just blew out the mic. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right, so I am going to my crushing a player is a quarterback who I feel is going grossly under talked about uh, this year, and really I'm going to make an argument throughout his entire career, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers' very own Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is an amazing, amazing quarterback, and he mm-hmm. does not get talked about the way he should. I feel like mm-hmm. it's because he's part of that famous draft class with Eli Manning. Big Ben. Uh-huh. Obviously, those two have won four Super Bowls between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, MVPs uh, in the Super Bowls and whatnot. And Phillip Rivers has always been left out in the cold. He doesn't even have a ton of playoff success. No, Although, really. the one year he did go and he like played with like a torn ACL, and that's awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, right now, I'm going to throw some stats out to you. I'm not usually the stat guy. You're the stat guy. But I'm, I have some okay. stats for you. So, right now, Phillip Rivers, through seven weeks, so they haven't had their bye yet. 2,008 yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's completing 69% of his passes, and he has a 117.8 quarterback rating. Sounds like MVP numbers. That, that, and that's the thing is, those are true MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. But obviously we're talking about a year where there is so much offense explosion going on, so many quarterbacks, running backs performing well, yeah. that Phillip Rivers again is being left out in the cold, and I think that's such a darn shame. I will say this. What I love more than anything, more than these stats, and he's on pace to break his personal record for most touchdowns thrown in a year, not necessarily yardage right now, definitely below his average in picks as he's not been a quarterback that's been afraid to throw the ball into tight coverages and gets him in trouble sometimes. But what I love the most about Phillip Rivers, and I think you're definitely going to agree with me, is the passion that he plays oh, yeah. football. He plays He's fire. always running around. He gets so darn excited. 
So the game in London, they're playing uh, the Tennessee Titans. Very early on in the game, he hits Mike Williams for a long touch. Oh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. It was Tyrell play, had the first long touchdown yeah. pass. And the way he ran down the field, yeah. how excited he is, <laughs> you'd think he hit the lottery. Or he looks just like a young kid playing Pop Warner where he's like, yeah. I finally did something really good. And Phillip Rivers has been doing that his entire career. Yeah. And for a man who has, like, 70 kids, he doesn't have 70 kids, but he has, like, eight. And he just is so awesome. I think the way he handled that move from San Diego down to L.A., yeah. he handled it with a lot of a lot of tact and tried working really hard to have, like, the fan base continue to support the team. Yeah. And I think just for a quarterback who's gone through so much where he has not gotten the appreciation he deserves, you're crushing it, Phillip Rivers. Keep crushing it up. It. I I loved San Diego coming into the year. They're five and two right now. Yeah, and they're a team that I I believe in definitely going forward, for sure. Uh, yeah, my at the beginning of the year when I did my preseason stuff, I said it was going to be Green Bay and the L.A. Chargers in the Super Bowl, and I still think the Chargers will be up there. I just think that they're going to lose to New Orleans this year. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but yeah, I love me some Philip Rivers. There we go. So, as do I. My crushing it is kind of cool, I think. And I honestly, and we talked about this because you talked about maybe doing it as well. But this is a guy that I went to right away when you said it because I think that he deserves to get a crush in it. Definitely. Uh, not only for performance for his career, but for his performance in a press conference that you mentioned and pulled up for us. Yeah. And that's Justin Tucker, kicker of the Justin Rams. Tucker. And a lot of you guys may not feel. That he deserves a crushing it after missing an extra point, but uh, guy, it's his only missed extra point ever in his entire career. That's amazing. Guy is, his stats are, he's made two hundred and fifteen field goals out of two hundred thirty nine attempts. That's ninety percent of the time he kicks a field goal from anywhere. Yeah, he makes it, and that is the highest field goal percentage in NFL history. It's just incredible, and. He he does this consistently every year. There's two, in 2016 he was 38 of 39. That's 97.4 complete or percentage of field goals made. And it, throughout his career, he's had one, two, three, four seasons in which he's had over 90 percent of his field goals made. So guy is just always crushing it. But we wanted to point out, and Josh pointed this out, and I'm glad he did is the way he handled himself in the press conference and what he said. So we have our our friendly neighborhood Alexa here to, to play this clip yeah, from let's, jo- Justin Tucker's press conference. Let's get this pulled up. If I was going to ever teach my son or any young person about accountability, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was really important that I you know, stand up here and answer whatever questions you guys may have. So that's only a small piece. Yeah, and and you know, and the more I think about it, and you know, in the, this day and age, there's no real hiding from it when people were probably tweeting him like crazy and things like that. But in he, it would have been so easy for Justin to just go in the locker room, change, make your way to the bus or wherever. Because I think they weren't they no they no, were they in were Baltimore they were so home. whatever make your way home and just avoid all of it for for a little bit to, to decompress right he did not have he d- he's not required to go to that press he conference. did not have to do that and he said and I love what he said if I was gonna teach my sons and anybody any any young people about accountability how could I not 
show up myself and show up and be like, you know what? No, I lost that game for us. I should have made that field goal. Yeah, I should have made that extra point. I love that. For and 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 it, it was it's so sad too because they say there's no such thing as an announcer jinx, but they said it right before he was like, who's never missed an extra point before? And I and I think I said it to you. I was, yeah, like, we were I was like, oh, wouldn't that be an announcer jinx? And boom, missed it. I just you feel for the guy, but. Justin, in the in your entire career, you've been the most accurate kicker in the NFL, in NFL history. You'll continue to be that. I believe in you, and especially for the way you handle that as a man, crushing it, crushing it, love it, absolutely. And keep crushing it with the opera too. Yes, keep that up. <laughs> keep that up. Like Maybe a... next week we'll play some Justin Tucker singing opera. We really should. We really should. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're going to uh, go on to uh, go on to like our like. This is where we talk about news yeah. things, sort of. So this is uh, this is an intense one. So mm-hmm. obviously in our Palace picks, we I had to pick the the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. at the Philadelphia Eagles game. Yep. So just a few weeks ago, uh, safety Eric Reed was signed by the Carolina Panthers. He'd a been signing. a free agent for a, for a long time. There was obviously the whole controversy about how he was a very large member of the protesting team and whatnot uh-huh. uh, on the side of Colin Kaepernick and kind of was making the argument that he was being blackballed. Yep. Sure, we're not going to talk about that, though. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, on the other side of the field, is safety Malcolm Jenkins uh-huh. of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he's also been a very outspoken member yes. of of equal rights, and we have to yes. make a make change for, for better in the world. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody can disagree with those things. So this is the first time that uh, these two have been on the field at the same time this year or or for, for quite a while. And yeah. there was a pretty heated argument where it got mildly physical. I know you didn't get to see too much about this. Yeah. So, but multiple, and mostly from the side of Eric Reed, multiple Carolina Panthers team members had to come out physically restrained from going after Malcolm Jenkins. There was something going on. Yeah. So... After the game, they're obviously talking about it. Mal, uh, excuse me, Eric Reed comes out and he calls Malcolm Jenkins a sellout. How he doesn't think he handled everything properly because Malcolm yeah. Jenkins really did become the face for yeah. dealing with the NFL or as an organization. Yeah, kind of trying to move past the kneeling controversy while still making an impact, making a change. Yeah, uh, Malcolm no longer does kneel, just so we know yeah. that. Eric, Eric Reed, since being signed in all three games he's played, he still does kneel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all. That's all I'll say for now, and I'll I'll chime in again. So, with with knowing that little bit, what uh, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, that's my kind friend? of intense. Um, I don't. It's that's that's so difficult for me because I have been on the side of the cap since the beginning, and we talked about it briefly in, in the first couple episodes. It's just, it's so hard because Malcolm decided to stop kneeling when he thought that they came to an agreement with ownerships. Yeah, after the NFL made a very large donation towards organizations and whatnot. He thought thought that, and obviously Eric Reed thought differently, and it's hard to define for any individual what their own truths are. Sure. In a way. I don't know if that's the right way I'm saying it, but for maybe for Malcolm Jenkins, maybe that, that his 
his line was, we made something happen when it wasn't going to. I'm good. I feel happy with this. And it's not as though he's stopped becoming an advocate for change. He is. Right, yeah. And he still does a lot in his community and around the world. But if I were going to side, quote-unquote, with somebody, it would probably still be Eric Reed in this one. Because mm-hmm. what the NFL did, yeah, they donated to different charities and organizations that help for social change and help with lives of African-American boys and girls and things like, things of that nature. So, you know, they did do something. But to me, when it happened, it felt very much like okay, let's just get rid of this problem and, and do this because we want to get rid of something, not because we really want to help enact change or sure. we want to help do something. That's fair. And I think for Reed, it was very obvious with that, along with the fact that Kaepernick still hasn't been signed by a team, which at this point probably won't happen. That being said, I love that Eric Reed still kneels and I'm still with Eric Reed and I think that even now more than ever since the initial the initial goal and message and point of the protest has been muddled so much by our quote-unquote president and people in the media and owners in the NFL. It's been so diluted and, and, and the point has been so knocked off, off the line just because people wanted to change it. It's just... I, I think that now more than ever we need people who are going to continue to kneel in a sense, not just not just kneel in the literal sense, but in a sort of metaphorical sense as well. People need to continue to make that stance to say, no, we still need change because people still don't get it. Because where are we more than a year later and we're still talking about it and people are still fighting about it and people are still not getting it. Sure. So while it's hard for me to admonish or chastise a man in Eric Reed or Malcolm Jenkins for either of their choices. If I were going to side with somebody, I would say Eric Reed is, is right here where I don't think what happened was enough. I think that there needs to be more done. Sure. That was a lot. I apologize. No, don't <laughs> please don't ever. I agree with you in the, in the sense that I, I too don't, chastise Eric Reed yeah. or or anything for continuing to kneel if that yeah. is his belief and he yeah. wants to continue doing that by all means that that is yeah. amazing I will say the number one reason why I'm so anti Eric Reed in this like if you're saying yeah. like we to pick sides like I'm definitely Malcolm Jenkins yeah. is because first of all you don't behave in that manner where you are physically so he instigated it again oh, I, absolutely again i again i have to apologize to our listeners i haven't seen this i haven't i had a show on sunday so i missed a lot of football on no, sunday it's, but it's okay yeah so it like i said it got physical yeah. like it it is mildly ugly like i'm honestly yeah. there's not a full-out fist fight or anything okay. but it is ugly so when you are doing something i'm, I'm coming from eric reed right now yeah. if you are being this voice mm-hmm. for this for this proponent of change, you yeah. do not act like that whatsoever. It is bringing such an ugly light to your to your cause, to yeah. your voice. Anybody who sees that is like, well, we were, and I, it, it would be really easy for people who are so like against the kneeling situation, whatnot, be like, see these players like this or people with this mindset are just being 
too much and look at how they act and how they behave and it just completely begins to discredit what they want to have happen. Mm-hmm. And so when you act like that towards somebody who, and like you said, you hit it on the head, Malcolm Jenkins is nowhere near done being an advocate for, for yeah. change and equality. He's going about it differently now, yeah. not necessarily on the football field during the national anthem, which right. I'm, again, like if, if Eric Reed wants to do that, I, I'm all for it, but I also don't feel like that's the most effective way to be going about this anymore at this point in time. It's been such a long time in retrospect since Kaepernick originally started doing this, and, and this is happening all over the world right now where football players are going out in the community and doing things, and people don't know that people don't know that football players are making changes in communities and and working with mm-hmm. with law enforcement and children to mm-hmm. bring them up and to teach them new different ideas and i think that is a conversation for a different time mm-hmm. that obviously is very very amazing but mm-hmm. when you act in such a belligerent way where you are being restrained by your teammates and they are physically holding you back because you are acting so aggressive mm-hmm. and crazy you lose all credibility with me in that moment, I was like, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. This is not helping anything whatsoever. Yeah. And it's only adding fuel for more people who want to be like, that's dumb. Yeah. And so I I was just, I was baffled. And I, I don't know. I mean, I was I was extremely disappointed when I saw that. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to argue that it, it's fuel to the fire for anybody who wants to discredit those who protest but it's so hard for me to get angry at him because it's so unfair that and i get that when you are when you're a leader and when you are trying to enact change and we're when you are trying to be a trendsetter a, a trailblazer you are held to a higher standard that's just the simple fact whenever you are one of those one or both or many of those things you are held to a higher standard and that's unfortunate but this whole situation is so unfair. It just because, and again, it just doesn't make it okay because the reality is you're right. It dilutes it. It dilutes the message. It diverts attention away from what the real issues are. And there are people in politics and there are people in the media and there are owners in the NFL who will use this to divert the attention away from what the actual issue is. So I cannot argue with that. Yeah. That hurts you. That being said, I can't be mad at him. Or or get upset because upset with what him having that emotional reaction because as much as as much as that hurts your team and it's not a good look and it hurts your own goal when everybody else in this whole argument acts so immature and so childish and I don't really think that there's an argument against that the the counterpoint to what this protest is about is immature and childish because the people are just saying well. You're, you don't have respect for the country. You don't have respect for the military. Neither of those two things have anything to do with what this protest has been about. You're right. And we can go on a whole segment about it, and I will drop a half an hour of knowledge on this. I, I kid you not. But it is so unfair that the people who are going to counterpoint this argument and this protest, are when they're going to be childish and immature and aggressive – all the time, and then they get to point out the one time where somebody gets upset and, and it's caught on, on video and that tears them down. It's so unfair. And again, I'm not arguing with you because you're right. That right. That, that ruins it and it's not it's not right and you shouldn't 
you ha you're held to a higher standard when you're fighting these fights, especially fights that aren't fair at all to begin with. It's just I feel for I feel for both Malcolm Jenkins and Eric Reed in this situation because both of them want the same thing. Yeah, they absolutely both want the same thing, and I just I feel for a guy in Eric Reed who's such a passionate human being and he believes in what he's doing and he believes it's right, and I believe I'm with him. It's I what he's doing is right. Yeah. It's just it's so hard in that moment when the adrenaline's going and you're playing in a tough game and. I, did this happen when they were down? It was before the game. It was before the game. It was before the game. Okay, well, see, I so he's probably been thinking about, oh, I'm going to see Malcolm Jenkins on the field. So, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll stop you right there. Sorry that I keep going. This. No, 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 but... no. Please stop apologizing. <laughs> I'm going to say this. You are right, and, and I'm not even. I don't. What you just said was correct, and yeah. I, I don't want to get into what the outside people think. Yeah, we don't have because to get, you're so... you're correct, and I, I I know this is something you you feel extremely passionate yeah. about. But you're talking about Eric Reed being responsible, being a trailblazer. I thought it was extremely unresponsible that yes. he att he attacked the wrong person. It is. Why did right. why did he attack Malcolm Jenkins? And I, I understand he thinks he's a sellout, and he maybe he doesn't. Be... He didn't think that Malcolm Jenkins, who really became the face of the NFL for yeah. for this, yeah. and maybe he disagrees. But it, it, you're attacking quote-unquote, your teammate yeah. in this argument. And we can't say it's unfair. I mean, we can we can definitely say it's unfair. <laughs> it, it is. But the thing is, and, and this is going to be a point that is just kind of like just a little bit of a footnote. Yeah. Right now, Eric Reed's playing football. Fair. If there's anybody that should be upset, it should be Colin Kaepernick. Should, well, yeah. Who Colin Kaepernick is continuing to stick to his guns, do what he feels is right, doing it in a lot of positive ways. He's not attacking Malcolm Jenkins out on the street. No. It's just I, I don't understand. And when when you have guys like Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler and Derek Anderson and well, Nate Cody Peterman, Kessler's a cool, when, good quarterback. Regardless, when you have these Looks names like starting football games and playing football <laughs> games, and, and you won't refuse to sign Colin Kaepernick. It's just more fuel to the fire that he should be in the NFL. But right. I'm not arguing that. Sort of wrapping it up because to move on, I, I just want to say that I'm with you on that. He just probably feels a little betrayed. He probably feels that Malcolm was made the face of this because the NFL was able to make him make a compromise that Eric wasn't okay with. And the reality is when you're fighting these sorts of fights, at some point a compromise has to be made. I think it was a lot of money. It was a lot. It was a lot of money that the NFL decided to do. He and Malcolm Jenkins felt that for right now, from the NFL, for this specific moment, that's enough for me, and I will continue to do what I want outside. For Eric Reed, that wasn't enough, and that's that's your own choice. But that being said, you're right. It's not the moment to do it, and it's not the person to attack. Ooh. That was a good segment. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's get on some lighter news. Let's do that. So... Raiders. Wow. More moves. We talked about John Gruden and the Raiders last week. We talked about him a few times on our show thus far. Uh -huh. Made the big move yesterday. It was funny. Uh, I found out immediately after I got out of work. I ran in. I left my car running in the parking lot just to tell you. I was like, did you hear the news? This is funny. For Josh and I worked together, and he got off, and literally two minutes later comes running back in and goes, I, I was going to leave, but this just came out. I have to talk to you about this. The Raiders <laughs> just traded Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. For a first-round pick. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's... let's uh, Before we go any further, let's... Uh, last week, we had our Cowboys affiliate reporter. Uh, 
<laughs> Mike Mikas on on air. He uh, phoned in, which we did appreciate. It was awesome. We uh, got into contact with him, got a little quote to read. So what did Mike, uh, how did he feel about this Yeah, trip? so we wanted to get a little quote about him, just his take, because we weren't able to get him on again this week. Uh, and it's funny, because he pointed out, he said, last week he meant to mention briefly that he heard there were rumors Cowboys might go after Cooper. Sure. Uh, and he was right, you know, and, and I asked him for a quote and he said, as for my quote, quote, I'm psyched. Cowboys have, now have a number one guy who's only 24 and proven he can ball. Multiple Pro Bowl slash 1,000 yard receivers aren't easy to come by. Wish it had been for a second, but I can't complain in the end. The Cowboys can now no longer give Linehan, Garrett, Dak any excuses. They have help and they have to perform. And even if this turns out poorly, I'd rather them try and make a move and make something happen while the division is still wide open sure. and sit around and make us fans endure the offense that we've had to watch. So I'm excited, end quote. Heck yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great quote. And he, he makes a great point. They're making the move. They said, you know what? We believe we have a team right now that can win this division that is pretty wide open. And and they made a move, a great one in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and and I wanted to bring this up too because Mike and I talked about this too, and I wanted to mention this, and so I brought up this this page, and I think this is uh, sort of a stepping off point we can have a decent conversation about. Okay. Because uh, a lot of people are saying, well, why don't you just use that first round pick next year to get a receiver, and then you have them for five years if yeah. you want to extend the contract. Okay. And Mike's point, he said. Look at the receivers that were taken the first round in the last one, two, three, four years. And he said, I would rather have Cooper over every single one. Okay. So in 2015, it was Amari Cooper, Kevin White, who's with the Bears right now. Yep. Uh, Devontae Parker, who's still with the Dolphins. Nelson Aguilar with the Eagles. Rashad Perriman, who was cut by the Ravens and just recently signed by the Browns, I think. And Philip Dorsett, who was drafted by the Colts and is now on the Patriots. That's 2015. Yeah. 2016, Corey Coleman drafted by the Browns, who is now on the Patriots practice squad. Will Fuller, who is with the Texans still. Yep. Josh Doxson, who's still with the Redskins. Red and Laquan Treadwell, who's still with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. In 2017, Corey Davis, who's still with Tennessee. Mike Williams, who's still with the LA Chargers. And then John Ross, who's still with the Cincinnati Bengals. And this past year, Calvin Ridley for the Falcons and DJ Moore for the Panthers. Okay. So his point was that I'd rather have Cooper than all those. I agree. And I know we talked about this, or maybe a couple of you wouldn't, but yeah. I still I agree with that. And that's a good point that, that he's a, a proven point. commodity. In some ways. Yeah, I'm uh so I feel like this is this conversation's gonna branch in a few different ways yeah. for a few moments. So yeah. I will say this. Um I I think this trade is solid. Yeah. I think I'm especially like the point that Mike brought uh-huh. up about making a move to do it now. Yeah. I mean, obviously the trade line is the trade deadline is a week from right now, which makes me really excited for yeah. next week because we're gonna be able to talk about it right when it ends. So everything uh-huh. that's happened, we're gonna be able to like kind of break it yeah. and have that all out there. So that's really exciting. <laughs> so I'm saying they can make the move now while the division through a half year of football is still wide wide yeah. open, which is and is it great. hurt them that they lost to the. The Washington, this which past that was week. a there was some sketchy things that went on at the end of that game, but we're not going to talk about that right now today. 
Regardless, so yeah, I think it's a great move, and I'm all for it. I'm all for getting Dak Prescott the weapon because, as Mike mm-hmm. said, now they don't have the excuses, and I think yeah. that's really great. They're gonna. This is gonna be a pivotal moment where they're able to see what they have and what they need to yeah. do moving forward. Yeah. So I'm all for it. Mari Cooper is still a very very young wide receiver. He always twenty four years old. Has the draft pedigree. Has the college pedigree. Came from Alabama. Uh, Which is funny that Calvin Ridley just came out. And Calvin Ridley is twenty four. Also, that's weird. Yeah, weird. And Cooper's Did they play been, together. Cooper's been in the league, been in the league for three, four years now. Weird to think. Yeah. So, um, so that that's the Cowboys' perspective. Give me, give me your Raiders' take real fast on that. So I love it for the Raiders. I think it's unfortunate that the Raiders have to endure the season they're doing, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna get. And Here my, we go. I will say this. Okay. Yeah. Three 2019 first round picks. Yep. So this two upcoming, 2020 first they round have picks. five first round picks in the next, in the next two, years. two years, and I don't think they're done. I think there are other players that are going to be traded away, and I think that and maybe not first round picks, but certainly a couple players for maybe a second, maybe a third, and fourth between there. So I don't think they're done shipping players off now. Okay, I think that Mac was the first warning shot, and the way their season started, they're like, you know what, let's just let's just go full into it because John Gruden has a ten year contract. And I think that they're going to let him live out most of that contract, okay. believing that he's going to build this team over these years. And I mean, we talked about a few weeks ago. He right. has at least five years to and, get all these pieces going. And it's it bites. It really does. If you're if you're an Oakland Raider fan, because you wanted this team to be good right now, and you thought that they could have been good enough, and a lot of us believed it too. That being said, you're you're not doing super well. You're probably not going to do much. So you're probably gonna end up with a top three pick if I had to bet right now. Ooh, wow. You probably end up with a with a top three, at least top five pick, okay. in my opinion. Okay. And so you're gonna have that. And then you'll have the Cowboys pick, which might be middle of the pack, maybe a little bit later, and then you have the Bears pick, who will probably be in the same spot too. Yeah. So you probably have in my if I had to estimate, you're probably gonna have three picks in the top fifteen players. Oh wow. If not if, if not maybe top twenty. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have those three, and then the next year you have two more. So it's just, I, it, it really hurts if you're if you're a fan of the Raiders right now, but you have to hold on hope because it's just gonna get better. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, and we talked about it last week. I proposed the question: Is John Gruden ruining the Raiders? And I and I said the Mac trade was bad. That was yeah. not about that at all. I think this is a great move. It is. Great move. And now, see, I, I think it, this is really best for all parties. I agree. Because I do believe in Amari Cooper, but I think he needed out of Oakland. I don't yeah. think that was Change meant. of scenery. Change of scenery. You said it best. So, first two years, he had two 1,000-yard seasons. He yeah. compiled 11 touchdowns in those first two years. Great. Since then, the last year and thus far, pretty much a half year of football – he has 960 total yards. Yeah. He has caught eight touchdowns in yeah. in a year and a half. So getting better in the touchdowns. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about the biggest thing for me and Amari Cooper, and it's his drops. Yeah. That's huge it is. for me. So I'm just going to read you this real quick. This is uh, from po- Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Cooper led the league in drops, 18, and drop rate 20% in his rookie year. Yeah. Pretty darn bad. Yeah. Sophomore year got a lot, a lot better, and we all, and that was a big piece of news. They're like, okay, Cooper yeah. figured it out he's turning the page. Right, fell back into it in 2017 or his third year. Mm-hmm. Again, he dropped his drop weight was 17.2 percent. Mm-hmm. 
that's not only and this is according i'm not trying to act like this is my writing or anything because right. i think this is great it says not only are these numbers bad they are historically bad yeah since 2007 there have only been three players with at least 100 targets to drop or post a drop rate of 17 po- or more i can't wait for these names braylon edwards oh braylon greg little oh greg little so we're going to browns receivers. yes and then cooper oh so I do. Braylon was a good receiver too. He he did a lot. He I mean, he had, he had some Cleveland moments. He did pretty York. well in New York. Yeah. So wow. I mean, that that receiving group in New York, Braylon Edwards and San Antonio Holmes, was like very vastly underrated in my opinion. I love that receiving core. And anyway. that's weird because we obviously that's a rival team. I for digress. Us. So obviously he has struggled thus far this yeah. year. I don't have the stats this year. I just wanted to bring that up. He has, I believe, he's it's fourteen catches. 250-some yards in, in, a, in a touchdown. Well, I didn't know. I'm talking about drops. Or, uh, I'm sorry, you're finished. Oh, no, that, that's okay. But I, So, like I said, I do believe in him as a player. Like I said, you said he's obviously only 24 years old. Yeah, he's 24. Has, <laughs> which is younger than us, which makes me feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know when his uh, birthday is. Oh, you're right. But... <laughs> I mean, we're 24. Uh, December 4th. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Stack Guy to check on the number for his birthday. Let's get Stack Guy. So the stack guy hit us with June 17th, 1994. So he turns 24 this past June. So he is almost a full year younger than us. Well, he's six six months younger. So, oh, he's six months. Sorry, <laughs> June, June and December don't normally feel that far apart to me for some reason. Man. But Although you just put it a year, so you made it longer than it. Anyways, yeah, anyway, I digress. We don't talk about the calendar on our show. We talk about football. Regardless, <laughs> he's younger than us, but we're old men and... Uh, so he's very, very talented. He, he can is. put it together. He has the pieces. Yeah. So going to Dallas where the change of pace, I think it's going to be helpful to be in a dome. Yeah. Dak throws a very catchable ball. Dak's a very accurate quarterback, underrated. And one thing that I want to mention is drops seem to be, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of, you can't really track motivation, but drops to me seem very much tied to motivation mm. and desire. And I think in the last couple of years, it's just, kind of not been there for Cooper because the team struggled so much. And it's a good point. The that's year not, he had the lowest was their exactly. Super Bowl and, year. And and exactly. The year that they were 20, 12 and 4. Yeah. So and and obviously that's not a good trait and you should always have the want and the desire. You know, look at Larry Fitzgerald who's been playing for a subpar team for most of his career and he's still one of the best ever to do it. Yeah. That being said, I think that he is going to be so motivated and so ready to go just like Khalil Mack in Chicago. You have Amari Cooper right now with the Dallas Cowboys, so motivated to play for America's team with Dak Prescott, and he's ready to go. And I think that that drop rate, I would love for us to put a pin in this moment right now and look back at Pro Football Focus and hope that they tracked Cooper's drops for this season and see what it ends up for this year because I really believe drops are such a motivation stat. And, and I think that I think that he's going to come out raring to go. And he and they made an interesting point. He was on bye this past week because the Raiders were on bye. The Cowboys are on the bye this week, so he had two full weeks of rest. He's going to get a full extra week to, to get in the playbook and learn the and learn the learn how the offense works. I don't know who they play after the bye. That being said, I think he's going to come out ready to go. There we go. All yeah. right. Yeah. Great points. Yeah, so this is a trade where I, like I said, I feel like it's just best yeah. for all parties, yeah. and I'm all about it. And I feel like 
John Gruden, and, and you said it best, like, it's not necessarily fun if you're a Raiders fan right now. Yeah. But if you believe in John Gruden, and then I, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not writing him off. I don't think he's a bad coach. I've said that all yeah. year, even though they've been struggling. Yeah. This is a great, this is just, you're, yeah. you're setting yourself up for some great run here. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. Absolutely. Obviously, we're not going to talk about this. Uh, for, oh. oh, I'm sorry. Do you have more to say about it? I do, because here's the thing. I, I, I told you beforehand I had three cold reads today. Okay. One of them, we're, we've, we mostly covered most of it in that segment right there. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to hit you with this right okay. now. Okay. Because it's kind of tied into Ooh. it, and you already kind of talked about it, so it's not super cold. You got to warm up a little bit. So I was going to ask you, would you rather, right? So the Raiders had made two big trades for trading away Khalil Mack and trading away Amari Cooper. Yeah. So would you rather right now be the Oakland Raiders with five picks in the next in the first round in the next two years, yeah. or would you rather be the Cowboys with Cooper or the Bears with, with Mack? So I have to pick one of the three? I mean, you could pick like... Would you rather be the Oakland Raiders right now with all the picks they have or one of the two teams with the player that they got? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Um, oh, that's really hard because, like, the GM side of me wants so badly to have the picks. And, right. Like, to have, like, all those cool right. things to play around with. But as a as just I'm, – if I'm thinking about, like, me being in a building, which building would I rather be in? I'm all about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. All right. I, 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 I mean, I'm a huge fan of Zeke Elliott. Yeah. Having – a legitimate wide receiver out there that's going to take some pressure off of him. Absolutely. Only going to do good things. They have a great defense that they do. very little people are underrated. talking about. We've talked about it a few handful of times, but it's definitely underrated, as you just mm-hmm. said. So, and you can't even take anything away from the Bears. The Bears, right. you asked me like week two, three, I can't remember. You were like, are they legit? I'm like, yeah, yes. they're legit. You said they might not win as many games as they could but and they're showing that they, yeah they're showing they that should have so won the last two weeks they should be they should be five and one right now right in the conversation but that's what i said they're, they're, they're not there yet they haven't learned how to win so then they'll they'll get there um so it's a tough question it is <laughs> a, it is I, tough so i mean like i'm, I'm picking the dallas cowboys yeah. but i don't think you can go wrong in any one of those organizations it definitely benefits dallas and chicago right now yeah but say Three, four years down I the honestly, road, who knows? What's ironic is you're normally the GM and I'm normally the coach. I would have said the Raiders. Yeah. I'd rather be the Raiders right now. And I know that that hurts. Like, it's so hard to go through heartbreaking seasons. I'm a Bills fan. I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> but being able to say I have three picks in the first round next year in a very good draft. Yeah. There, are, there are some solid quarterback options next year if they decide to trade away. Derek Carr or move on from that. There's there's running backs to be had. There's there's deep. This is one of the deepest defensive line drafts in years. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent. They, you get Nick Bosa from from Ohio State on that on that defensive line, then you don't really miss Khalil Mack that much. Mm. He's that kind of talent. All so right. I'm just saying that they, there are a lot of options out there for the Raiders. And if I'm a Raiders fan. I'm psyched that we possibly get to get five franchise players in the next two years. Now, go. obviously, you don't hit on every player. That being said, I believe in John. Important. I believe in a talent evaluator like John Gruden to get it right most of the time. Yeah. So I would rather be the Raiders right now. That being said, you're right. I think it's a slam dunk for both teams, and that's why I wanted to ask you the question because I knew it would be hard. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It was so now you only have question. two cold reads. All right, which makes me feel like everything's restored. Who? All right, so we spent a really good chunk two weeks ago talking about uh, the one and only amazing quarterback, Drew Brees, of the My New Orleans Saints. 
Uh, so we're not going to talk about this too much, but obviously it's very newsworthy, very extremely amazing that he became the third quarterback in NFL history to beat all 32 teams with uh, his his win over the yep. Baltimore Ravens this past week. For those of you who don't know, the other two are Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. So uh, joining more and more elite company, just continuing to kind of nail away that at least conversation for being one of, if not the best quarterback, you can really make an argument for I was going to say, I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year because then I will go, I will die on the hill of me saying Drew Brees is the best quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, I don't think I I, I, I don't think it's unfair to talk the, about the, that now. The only the only people the only people that would argue it would probably be Tom Brady fans, and I get it. But Drew Brees has been putting a team on his back for his whole freaking career, yeah. and the last couple of years he's had a team around him and he's been there. He's been right on the cusp, and I and I think they get it done this year. And then he's right there, two Super Bowls, probably two Super Bowl MVPs. He's right there. Be amazing. So we'll see what happens, but we just want to give some kudos to Drew Brees. You're crushing it too. You're crushing it. <laughs> All right, so we are entering week eight. We are halfway through the season now. I feel like it's really easy, and the reason I wanted to do this this week, I feel like it's really easy once we get to the true midpoint of the season after this week to talk about our biggest disappointments and our biggest surprises thus far at the yep. true midpoint. But we're gonna beat people to the punch. We're gonna talk about it now. <laughs> So we're going to talk about, like I said, our biggest disappointment on the uh-huh. year and our biggest surprise. So let's let's talk about our disappointments first. Okay. My biggest disappointment, I know you're going to disagree with it because you, you called it at the beginning of the year. I did. My biggest disappointment thus far has been the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh-huh. Not only the offense, which has been pretty much putrid except for a very impressive win against the New England uh, Patriots in yeah. week two. They balled, and I went out and I was talking about Blake Bortles and I was talking about his throwing motion and practicing all that junk. It clearly has not paid off. I'm very, very wrong on that, uh-huh. that point. And you can't put all of this blame because of the offense being so bad, but that defense has not performed. No, like we thought not at all. the Jacksonville Jaguars defense should have been, was last year. Uh-huh. Nah, they last year were one of the hottest surprise teams of the league. Their defense was playing with such swagger, where it You're was right. just scary. You pretty much wrote teams off that were playing that. You're right. That defense. You're like, well, this is going to be pretty low scoring, and if mm-hmm. the offense can get some things going along, that's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. But that has not been the case in a lot of games this season. Like I said, there's so much going on with the offense's struggles that they're putting the defense in so many tough positions positions, excuse me, mm-hmm. where they're having to do too much, and it's obviously very, very difficult when you're going and doing things like that. Yeah. But man, what is going on? I had pretty high expectations. I didn't write them into the Super Bowl or anything, but I had some pretty high expectations, and they are not living up to it at any point. It's also super disappointing because they, because when I, when I said at the beginning of the year, they started off kind of hot. And I was like, great, I'm going to be wrong. And then they've lost three or four straight now. I'm like, well, that's what I thought was going to happen. I yeah. really did. Yeah, you, like I said, you called it. You were you were correct. Blake Bortles getting, getting benched uh, pretty early on in the game last year. Last week. Quarterback, I mean, sorry, not quarterback, uh, head coach Doug Marone has come out and has named Bortles the starters yeah. when they go over to London. At first, they were being a little wishy-washy. He did say that Cody Kessler is going to get first-team reps, which I... 
absolutely hate. I'm not a fan of that at all. <laughs> uh, I think you need to pick your guy and go with it. I don't think you like put Blake on this very short leash where you're playing a pretty darn good defense in the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to make a mistake against that, that front. I, I like what he said, though, in the press conference. And what was that? We were watching it on, on Sunday. And oh, he yeah. came out and he said, he's like, yeah, Blake's pissed at me. He should be pissed. I want him to be pissed. Oh, yeah. He's playing poorly and I pulled him out. He shouldn't be happy with that. Oh, he I should agree. Come, and, and, and Doug was right. He's like, but... Show me on the field how pissed you are and play better. I agree. That, that, that's I, I do love that. Yeah. But, I, I but you're mean, right. I'm with you on the, the you don't the reps you thing. don't give Cody Kessler some reps and be like, well, maybe just in case if you if you're we know what Blake Bortles. I is. think we both agree that we think Cody Kessler should just get all the reps and practice and play. Put him on the field. <laughs> I Cody mean, Ke- first of all, for, Cody Kessler drafted by was he undrafted or drafted? Pretty sure he was drafted with the, by the Browns. Yeah. It, Cody Kessler has not had a bad career so far. He, his numbers. It's like, funny because I said that earlier on that, the show. Did you really? Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. But regardless, he's. Uh, he was. I think he's. He lost eight. Uh, eight games or something. He hasn't won anything. But in terms of stats, Cody Kessler has not been bad. So oh. just people need to not write off people so quick. I would be all about just being like, okay, Cody, you're our guy. Let's see what yeah. you can do. Yeah. Because we know what Blake Bortles is, and it's not getting it done. I think a lot of the things that Cody Kessler can do well, I mean, he is a quicker throw, short, accurate quarterback, which I'm all about. I, yeah. I, I'm i a fan of those quarterbacks. But I don't know. I mean, obviously, Blake Bortles is going to start. He's going to be on a very short leash. I won't be surprised if Cody Kessler plays a little bit in London because this is going to be a game where... Oh, yeah, it's in London. It's the it is 9, in London. 9.30 in the morning. And this is, this is... Jacksonville is kind of the London team. They're the only team that's played there every year since they've been doing that. Yeah, I've Obviously talked the about their owner was trying to uh, purchase Wembley. He pulled out of that and whatnot. I'm is not sure why. the last four years? It, I thought it was... It's either three or four. You could be Which right. Which is funny because that would be the first... Then that would mean the first game they played in London... Would have been against the Bills when Doug Marone was the head coach. I remember that. That was the game where you're like, I'm a Jax. Yeah, I did say that man. because we lost. Lo- I remember. EJ Manuel. <sighs> so that's my biggest disappointment. How about you? My biggest disappointment is the Denver Broncos. Ooh. And for a guy that... I'm actually not sure if you're a fan of him, but I'm a huge fan of Case Keenum. And I love Case Keenum. And dude, I asked you about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, and dude was on fire last year. And I don't know what's going on now. They did they, they they secured a win this past week, which was big, even though it was against Arizona, not the the hardest team to beat. But they're three and four right now, and and, and that's that's a disappointment to me. Because I mean, look at the I mean with this depth chart. First of all, they have they have a really great offensive line. Garrett Bowles, a former first round pick, uh, Max Garcia, Matt Paradis, Connor McGovern, and Jared Valdir. That that's a solid offensive line for those of you who don't follow offensive line names that as much as I do. Uh, that's a solid offensive line. And then you have weapons like Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sonnen, Demarius Thomas, Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State. Yeah. You know, like these are solid weapons. And then you got Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, and uh, the the undrafted rookie Philip Lindsay out of the backfield. Those are solid weapons. Uh Andy Janovich, one of the uh, one of the most underrated fullbacks in the in the league. I'm telling you, he's so underrated. He's a great fullback. Okay. Uh, leave it to me to talk about fullbacks. Yep. To get excited about a fullback. Very true. But that being said, you got you have all, you have solid offensive weapons, and then look at this defense. You know they they, they yes they lost Akeem Tlaib. That's big, but this is still a solid defense. You have this line of Derek Wolf, Domata Pecco, Adam Gostis, uh, Young 
young defensive end Demarcus Walker out of Florida State. Uh, and, and then you have this linebacking core of Bradley Chubb, who a lot of people thought should be the number one overall pick out of NC State this past year. Vaughn Miller. And then you have Brandon Marshall and Josie Jewell, guys, Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray. Great linebackers. Then you throw in uh, Bradley Roby, Tremaine Brock, Chris Harris, uh, uh, and Adam Jones all in the secondary. You know, Justin Simmons, Darian Stewart at, at safety. They have so many good players on defense and you're you're three and four that i just that's so it's so disappointing and i and 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 i don't even know if they're going to be able to turn around especially in the division with the chiefs and the the chargers yeah so tough but it's just disappointing i thought they would be so much better i really did and obviously for me it was i thought the 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 broncos were going to be the chiefs and the chiefs were going to be have the season the broncos are having so far okay and we're halfway through there's a lot of football left to be played but i really thought that their fates would have been switched this year so I was wrong. I was right on the Jags so far, and wrong on the, on the on these two so far. But it's just it's disappointing. They have all these players and these weapons, and they're not capitalizing. That's that's that is a fact. Mm-hmm. My biggest surprise is uh, some running backs. Yep. Uh, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley. Now, obviously, uh-huh. two phenomenal yeah. names. But I did not expect them to be having the yeah. seasons that they're having right now. Absolutely. Todd Gurley is on pace to break. Hall of Fame running back LaDamian Tomlinson's touchdown yep. record. I will say this. I don't think he's going to because I'm I'm nervous yeah. because they were obviously undefeated right now. I think eventually uh-huh. they're going to start scaling him back. They're not going to let him as yeah. the later on the year. They're going to be like, okay, let's rest, get you in the yeah. playoffs so we can go in a Super Bowl. So I don't think he's necessarily going to break that that record, but I know he's gunning for it all the times like, the last couple of weeks. He's always me. saying, LT, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that hunger. And even more so than Todd Gurley, because obviously we knew he was a phenomenal talent coming it, into this year. Is it 25 touchdowns? Is that 28. 28. 28 touchdowns. But that's total receiving and running, right? Um, let's get Stat Guy in let's here. Let's get Stat Guy. Yeah, let's just confirm that. All right, so, thanks, Stat Guy. Stat Guy pulled this up for us. In 2006, Tomlinson finished his record-breaking season with 31 total touchdowns. 28 rushing, 3 receiving. Uh, he also had 2,323 scrimmage yards, but Gurley currently has... Gurley ter- currently has 11 touchdowns on the ground, 3 through the air. Okay. So if you... They haven't finished the first half of the season, but if you double that, that gives you a 22 rushing and... What was it? How many receiving was it? 3? Yeah. And and 6... So that gives you a 28 total. So that's about the about the record. I mean, he's, and he has another week to do it. So he's he's sort, certainly on pace to do it. To to be right up there for yeah. it. So, so uh like I said, I was I was saying obviously we knew Todd Gurley was a phenomenal talent. Yeah. He had his one down year in his sophomore season, but there was a lot going on with the Rams that year. Absolutely. That just just throw that away. Like that was never indicative of, of him. But the biggest thing for me and and this is something that I was pretty adamant about coming into this year. Saquon Barkley, running back out of Penn State, our yeah, Penn State, yeah. got drafted number two overall to the New York Giants. Now, I did not say he was going to have a bad year. Yeah. But he had such high expectations put on to him. Right. That I was like, he's just not going to be able to live up to that. Especially like fantasy football numbers and yes, t- you know, sort of thing. Absolutely. Neither of us really thought he'd put up the numbers that he is. And he has just been disgustingly good. And it's so cool. 
Going, I mean, obviously, so last night we just finished up Monday Night Football, the Week mm-hmm. 7 slate where the New York Giants play the Atlanta Falcons. He came down to earth a little bit, kind of, sort of, for what he has been doing, yeah. but he did play, have a pretty decent game overall. Mm-hmm. But this guy has just been phenomenal, and there are so many things you could talk about the Giants. Uh, I talked a few weeks ago in a cold read, I think it was, about their offensive line and how that's hurting him and yep. how he's doing so much damage to the air because that's the way they get him the ball. But I'm talking about just the things that you can teach, but it's difficult. Just the way he moves, his his finesse, his his power. I mean, they always make fun of his thighs, which is kind of weird. Say quad. Say quad. So going into the, he has over, he's made over 25 broken tackles. 25 guys, and, and this is a, and and it's weird because we're like five seven each. <laughs> I weigh like 110 pounds when I get out of the shower. <laughs> uh, so, but this is a grown man's game. Like these are professional football players that get paid to hit you and he's hit dominating. you hard. And he's just like, "Oh, get off me! I'm gonna spin around you." And like, this is not a little dude. This he did is a couple a times last night guy. too, and it was like, "Whoa!" And it's just amazing, and it makes me proud that, to be a, a fan of him. And obviously, that he went to our alma mater and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that's that's been a huge surprise to me, and in a really great positive way. Absolutely. Love me some Saquon. How about you, my friend? Oh, yeah. It's my turn. Yeah, you know. Uh, my biggest surprise this year has got to be the Rams. <laughs> okay. And we talked about at the beginning of the year how we weren't – I had all these things pulled up when we went to Stack Guy, and I lost them, and I'm bringing them up right now. But we talked about how we neither of us thought they were going to be great. 7-0. and yeah. Not a blemish on their record. And you got to give them props for that, regardless of the teams that they've beaten also, you know, because they haven't really played a lot of tough competition so far. I mean, their three best, their the, the, two to three best wins right now are the Vikings on Thursday night. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, the, the Seahawks a couple weeks back. And then maybe the, the one in Mile High against Denver on Monday Night Football. Okay. So... You know, the rest of their wins right now are against the Raiders, the Cardinals, and obviously the 49ers this past week. So they haven't really, really, truly been tested. And, and we'll see in the next couple of weeks here. They they play Green Bay this Sunday, and then the next, following Sunday on November 4th, they play the Saints. So so we got, we got some stuff. But we got to give them props. We just talked about Todd Gurley. And, you know, we talk about this offense with Sean McVay with all these weapons. They have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. It's just, it's a lot of fun. You know, you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and then you have Brandon Cooks, and then you have all, this offensive line that's so good, and Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff, and then you have this defense with Dominican Sue, and Aaron Donald, and Aqib Tlaib, and Marcus Peters. It's just, the, the list just goes on and on with all the players. Yeah. They're just, they're just such a good football team, and... And you gotta give them props, and it's shocking. I didn't think they'd be quite this good. An interesting point, though, is uh, this morning on Get, Get Up, Ryan Clark went off on on Mike Greenberg because Mike Greenberg yesterday, doing his power rankings, put the Rams at four. Okay. And Greenberg made the point. He said they don't have a, and this is what he said. He said they don't have a single impressive win in the entire season, because he because. At the time, you know, the Chargers the Chargers have won, I believe, three straight. I think okay. we might have to look at that, but the Chargers weren't 
exactly a team that everybody was like, oh, this is the Chargers at the point. And then, you know, the Seahawks haven't been super amazing so far this year. Yeah. And now there's Denver. So, and, and, and the Vikings were just coming off a shellacking from the Bills. You know what I mean? And they're... They played them tough. Like, they could and, have... You know what I mean? Definitely won but, that game. But regardless... Uh, he 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 said they were paper something. It was like they're paper heroes or they're like the paper champions or something. Where on paper it looks like they should be the best team in the NFL, but they're not. Sure. And he was like, "Give me the give me them against the Chiefs. Give me them or, or, or give me give me the Chiefs against them. Give me the Saints against them. Give me the Pats against them." And those were the three teams that he had above. Okay. Above the Rams, and I said, "All right, that makes sense." That's but a good argument. But it's a good argument. But that being said, I still they're the biggest shock to me. I didn't think they'd be this good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right, let's do some uh, cold reads. Yeah. All right, so uh, I just, for the love of me, can never remember who goes first or how. I'll go first because you went first last week, and then I'll do. Okay, so I'll get, I'm going to give you both, questions. and then you get both. Okay. One of these days you'll get it. Someday. Maybe. Anyway, so I had three, but I gave you one already. All right. The next one is another would you rather. Already had the curve. Would you rather have Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler... Or Derek Anderson and Nate Peterman in your quarterback room. <laughs> <laughs> Which quarterback room would you rather have right now? Uh, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler. Why? Uh, because, uh, well, first, I've always been a very big supporter of Blake Bortles. Okay. Like I said, coming into that draft, I was like, he's the most NFL ready right now. I don't think he's necessarily the best. And I, I still don't necessarily disagree with that. I think he is, just makes so many mental errors that... If you could just... I don't remember else who was in that draft. And that was like the Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, that okay. was Johnny Manziel. Those, still take Teddy. those guys. Well, at least my guy has been playing consistently Fair. throughout his career. Well, or let's not say consistently. But regardless. He's, he's started. He <laughs> continues to start. He's been on the field consistently. The thing is, if you could just fix those mental errors, those silly, stupid things, tuck the football. The thing is, they, they somebody was... Brought up a great point. I can't remember who it is. I might have heard it on the radio during like fantasy talk or something. So it wasn't even like NFL. Blake Bortles always holds the football with one hand. Yep. You never have both hands on the football. So you're going to be turning the football over. uh, Blake, sorry, not Brock. Blake, put both hands on the football. You're going to... You can still obviously lose the football if you have both hands on it. But you're going to decrease the odds of that regardless i'm not even talking about Blake bortles i don't care but cody kessler is a guy like i said i've talked I like three times now yeah. this is gonna be the third time i like cody kessler I like him too. he looks like adam scott who i'm a big <laughs> fan of um but yeah i just think he has some really good tools that don't if worry. you get with, we're gonna start this year if you get the right coach and some pieces around you you can go some places now they traded for carlos hyde which i think is kind of a weird move Unless we something's really wrong with Fournette. Now, there's whispers that Fournette won't play this week, but he's going to be back. I'm not sure about that because then I have no idea why you traded for Carlos Hyde to play one game. Yeah. That's strange to me. But I think that injury... Now, TJ Yeldon has been playing very, very well. Yeah. I'm going into a tirade that didn't even have to go with your question. <laughs> TJ Yeldon's played very well. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that's built to need a running back like yeah. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And so, regardless, that has nothing to do with what you just asked me. I will take that quarterback room. <laughs> because, you know, either way, you have you go to Jacksonville and you have Blake Bortles who gives the ball away four times, but you go to Buffalo and you get quarterbacks who throw interceptions six times a game. So it doesn't really matter. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I will say oh. this. This is my favorite part of hanging out Saturday, Sunday night, excuse me, because you didn't know all the stats per se, and you came home, you're like, Derek Anderson had a pretty good game, and then you looked at the stats, you're like, three interceptions. I take back what I said <laughs> about Derek Anderson having a good game, and that just really made me smile. That's a good segue. Because my second code read is about the Buffalo Bills. All right, here we go. So this is an interesting stat that I pulled up, and uh, I know how I feel about it. I want to know how a you, lot of Buffalo Bills. I'm I want to know how you feel about it. So yesterday was the ninth game that the Bills have lost by more than ten points under Sean McDermott. Whew. No other team has more. Out of out of uh, twenty. So he played. You we had seventeen games last year. Six, yeah. And then you and then there's seven games this year. So out of 23. 24. Well, 17. And you don't have 17 games. Yeah, we played 16 oh, last year. We played a playoff, playoff game. game. Sorry. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, Out of 24 right. games, he the, there are nine of them were blowouts. Okay? Yep. No other team has more. When the Bills don't get routed, McDermott is 11-4. Okay. Draw your conclusion. I mean, who cares? Yeah, so if you don't get routed, you have a better chance at winning. Woohoo! Very good point. No, I understand what you're saying. I, mean, I wasn't like, that making is a good. point. I gave no, you a stat and I, I mean, want that, your opinion. No, it, it's, it's, it, it's a stat, but it's also a point that when your team is able to keep it close, then more often than not under Sean McDermott, the team is pulling it out, and that's great. But that's still, so 11-4, and four, so there's nine. You still, so that's 13 games that you have lost. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Buffalo just needs more pieces. I said yeah. it earlier on in my in my rant. I don't believe that you get rid of McDermott because I don't think he's a bad head coach. I think he can. I think especially last year, he's I I was really low on him last year. I, I didn't like. I think he was making a lot of rookie head coach mistakes. I didn't like the decisions he was making on and off the field. So I mean, I don't know. I think they need more pieces. But yeah, I mean, it's bad when you you get blown out, and it's possible because. But it's also not necessarily unexpected. McDermott hasn't had the best teams the last handful of years. So, I don't know. I just think it's funny, and, and I'll make this point and we'll move on, but I, I don't particularly agree with what you said. You were like, oh, ha, ha, when you keep it close, you have a better chance of winning. There are a ton of teams and coaches in the NFL that when they're in close games, they don't normally win. So I think that's a great sign that with – with lesser talent, Wait, I did say that it was a good thing. I know, but the first thing you said was like, "Oh, oh you keep it close." Yeah, and well, I mean that was. I mean, but that's like not the always way, true. The way you phrased this out, I was like, "When okay. they are blown okay. out by well, ten points, they're okay. eleven and four. Well, sorry. Okay, well, who cares? But I do. That's a great stat. That means that when you're in a close game, you coach well enough to seal the deal. Sometimes when it, when a game gets out of hand, it gets out of hand, and you haven't been able to make comebacks. I would also that's, like that, that's I a would lack also of talent. Like to see what these games were because I, there I would were like a to, lot of games last year that I feel like I would like to look I back. Mean, like they weren't playing extremely difficult competition, and they only went nine and seven. And okay. you know how I feel about the nine and seven team to get into the playoffs. Okay. And I'm not a fan of that. But Said your Miami team that was ten and six. That's a better record than nine and seven. I one feel win like is not that much different. It's very different. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> My team sucks anyway. Uh, mine's not doing the best right now either. We're going to upset the Pats next week. There we go. Mark that timestamp. All right. It's, uh, <laughs> a minute. It's an hour 14. Great. All right. So going back to Thursday night football, the Cardinals got destroyed, made me look stupid in pals picks. Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator who I have been down on many times on this show, 
and outside. There's probably not a whole lot of people in America that weren't down on Mike McCoy other than maybe his wife if he's married and his children. I don't know. Maybe they were like, you stink too, Dad. What the heck? I had David Johnson. (laughs) You're making me lose. So he is out. Quarterback coach Brian Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Byron. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Is now the offensive coordinator. What does this team need to do to get... I mean, they're probably not going to go anywhere this year, but just to get some things going on. I love that Byron Leftwich is the is the OC now. He was there when Arians was there. I believe he's the only coach who crossed over from the from the Arians days, other than uh, Wilkes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's correct. We'll have to maybe look into that and make a correction later. But that being said, he's been around for a while. Uh, he's never been able to call plays before. It's his first time calling plays. But he was there in Pittsburgh with with. Uh, ben Roethlisberger for a while as the backup, and he was that kind of mentor guy to a lot of the younger quarterbacks. I I love it, and what they're gonna do to get back on track, and they're gonna do it. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna be winning a ton of games or anything. Excuse me, I still think they'll be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think this offense will start to get going more, and they're, they have a lot of talent on defense too. There's another team that has talented players on defense. Yep. that just haven't been able to put it together. You know, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, they have pieces. That being said, they're just going to start finally getting David Johnson involved. I don't think it's that hard. How so? Tell me more. You, like, get more specific. So, so here's answer. the thing is that they they will run the ball a couple times and he'll have a couple okay runs and he'll get stuffed a couple times and then they get scared and they go away from it. They're like, let's just throw the ball a lot. And yeah. that's just not how you win, especially not with a back like David Johnson. And then you have him being like, I have to run for 10, 15, 20 yards every time I get it or they're going to stop giving me the ball. It's just not right. You know sure. what I mean? Great Give him the ball, feed him the ball, and stop doing it. Just stop handing him the ball up the middle every play, just like right up the middle on a trap play or an inside zone. Th- throw a sweep. Throw a, a a play action jet sweep and a pitch. Run a couple read options. Rosen can move. You know what I mean? Like do do move him around. Get him out of the backfield. Put him in the slot. Use your best offensive weapon, the best of your ability. And I think Leftwich can do it. All right, there we go. That was passionate. I yep. like that. I'm a passionate person. Who passionate pals? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good segue. Not the passionate pals part, but you were talking about Patrick Peterson, who has gone on record. Yep. He wants out of the desert. He does. He wants out of the desert. He wants traded away. So I'm not going to talk about that, but I am going to say. So obviously we we mentioned it a little earlier on. Yeah. We are in NFL trade week. It's the deadline next week, a week from today, October yeah. 30th is the deadline. What are some other names or some players that we might see uh, on the move? We've already had Carlos Hyde be traded. We had uh, Amari Cooper we talked about. What are some other things that we might see here? I'm going to give you three names right now that I guarantee will be traded. Oh, I like it. We're going to do this. Patrick Peterson's going to be traded. I yeah, I don't think so. But. I, I, I would like him to stay, and I think that if you're Larry Fitzgerald, you have to feel a little upset that you've stuck it out for so long, and you've got a guy who's been there for a lot of the way, and yeah. he's going to get out. He will be traded. Two. I'm going to Ke- double down on this. Kelvin Benjamin is going to be traded. Okay. Somebody will trade for him. And Devontae Parker is going to be traded. Okay. Those three players will be on different teams by our next episode. Okay. I'm going to double that. Da- Who do you think they're going That was going to be my friend's fortune. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it can be. So here's the thing is that this was going to be one of them. I told you I had two of them and this was going to be one of them. Oh, well, so you can do the other one. But I'm going to do the other one now. But I'm glad you asked me this cold read. It gave me the perfect opportunity to do it. Perfect. I think all three of those te- guys will be traded. I think you're looking at teams 
uh, in terms of if we're looking at Patrick Peterson, I think you're looking at the Chiefs possibly. Ooh. I think that'd be a great landing spot for him. Uh, maybe the Seahawks. Okay. They could use secondary help. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody mentioned the Bills. I don't think it would happen. I don't think we would give up the picks that we have for a guy like Peterson, especially yeah. with the year we're having. I would love it as a Bills fan. That being said, I don't think that happens. But th- that's a team that has been mentioned for for Peterson. Okay. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I was going to say Dallas, but obviously they made a move. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at a team like possibly Philly to add another big target for Carson Wentz they okay. could use. Or Washington. Ooh. I think they could use a guy like Kelvin Benjamin. I think right. Alex Smith would love that. And then looking at Devontae Parker, I would mention both of those two teams that I just said, Philly and Washington, looking to add receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Dallas looked to add another weapon. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Uh, you can. I, the Kansas City is proving right now you can never have too many weapons. Good so, point. Okay. That, so that and then another team I would look at for for these wide receivers would possibly be the Tennessee Titans. Okay. But all three of those guys will be on different rosters on Tuesday. I really, if Patrick Peterson got traded, that's the only one I'll talk about for a hot second. I really wanted him to go to New Orleans, but they just traded for Eli Apple. That's the only so, reason that I didn't say it because I was gonna say that's the I. It's a perfect spot for him I to go, loved it. and I would have loved Larry Fitzgerald to end up in New Orleans oh, with cool. Drew. But that being said. I feel so bad for Arizona this year because I really want I want guys like Peterson and, and, and Larry to get their ring. They deserve it with the careers they've had. I will say one more player that uh, is being talked about, being traded a lot, that has to relates to you and I, and that is one Demarius Thomas. I want the Bills to trade for Demarius Thomas, but I don't think it'll happen. Is our trade still on if he is not in Denver? Yes. All right. I think I, I think it helps Little me if he's not in Denver. Stat tracker right now, <laughs> going on our bet. On our bet, uh, right now Emmanuel Sanders has six hundred and three yards. Thomas has three hundred and seventy-two. I was gonna say, please tell me he's at least in four hundred. Each have three touchdowns. Okay. Sanders has forty-six catches. Thomas has thirty-three. So I'm very excited to be tracking that throughout the year. I, I would say this: if he gets, if Thomas gets traded, I think that helps my me and my bet because then it becomes. The clear number one, probably somewhere. What's gonna happen to me, and this is makes logical sense. He's gonna get injured. No, <laughs> Thomas is going down to Miami. He's gonna get back with and Adam then, Gase. Ooh. They're hurting a wide receiver, especially if they get rid of Parker. That'd be so. really good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and then it'll I'll, be fun. I. But one I thing I will say, again. and they, um, to wrap this up. <laughs> Real quick is one thing I will say is that the NFL has everything and they're clearly the most popular sport in America. The one thing the NFL is missing that every other sport has is a very exciting trade deadline because not as many trades happen in the NFL as they do in in, in the NBA and the NHL. And I think this is gonna be a different year. We but saw we'll see. there's been a lot, a lot of the, movement uh, in the off season. In, which the, was pretty in the last couple years, there've been a ton of trades. So, so we'll see what happens. But you're right. The one thing that the NFL is missing, though, is the one that there are a ton of trades to track, and there normally right. aren't. So you're we'll right. see what happens, though. Pals, pigs. Oh yeah. Love it. So <laughs> God, I am depressed. <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, the last two weeks, I am 0-6. Oof. I, I think I'm four and two, or uh, am I two, or am I? Uh, yeah, you're. Uh, or am I three and three? You are uh, three and three. Okay, I'm three and three because I went so two and one. And then going one, into two, two. Uh, this week, my friend, we are tied for the first time since. Are we, we really one when we are both Ooh. zero and zero? So we are both nine and twelve. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> We're good. both going to go three and zero oh this week. I mean, hopefully, we got some tough games on the slate. We do. 
I will also just say that I am sad that I lost a game on a Hail Mary that was caught <laughs> in the one and couldn't get in. Uh-huh. And a missed extra point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that was the football gods being like, you picked Arizona, they got your lack, we're going to make you lose these other two. <laughs> I Regardless. Mean, I wish that the uh, Bears would have won too. Regardless. All right, let's get into it. Are you asking me first? You ask, am I asking you first? You go ahead. All right, so our first game for you, and this is one that I'm very curious about how you're going to answer. We are having the Cleveland Browns travel to take on their bitter nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Browns going on the road. Yep, Browns on the road. They're going to be Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh. They're in Pittsburgh. They uh, tied while they were in Cleveland in Pittsburgh, week one. Pittsburgh's so tough. Browns are going to win the game. Ah, you, are you, are you going to I'm here so we go. on it. I just wonder if you're going to take the so emotional pick. I am or the... so on it. This is, no, I'm telling you, Jarvis Landry got going last week. Uh, Nick Chubb showed me showed me a little something. They used Duke Johnson in the backfield out, of, out catching passes. Baker Mayfield had a great game last week. They should have won. They should have wrapped it up. They're they're ready. They're hot. They're mad right now that they okay. Well, no, no, I have the stat about the Cleveland Browns. First, first of all, the other cool thing about the overtime games we talked about that. Yeah. The, so was it weeks. seven straight weeks? Has never happened in the NFL. Seven straight weeks no. that games have gone to overtime. And I pulled this up the other day. The Cleveland Browns went into their fourth overtime game of the season, so weeks one, four, five, and seven. The record for OT games in a season is the 1983 Packers, who played five overtime games, and they need so the Browns need one more. I bet they'll do it. I bet they do it this week, oh, and wow. I bet the Browns win in overtime, 27-24. Baker Merrifield to- tosses three touchdowns, God. two of them to Jarvis Landry. Sure. Big Ben gets sacked six times. That's You're, you're running out of stuff for They're going fortunes. down. Moving on. They're going down. Green Bay Packers <laughs> traveling out to Los Angeles to take on that vaunted Rams team you were just talking about. I don't really even want to pick this game because this one is so tough. But... Rams face their first true test in the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers does it. Gets it done. I hope so. He gets it done. And I just they're gonna they're they're gonna come after Aaron and Aaron's gonna have his nice little slides up the pocket, his little spin moves. And let me let me pull up this schedule again that they went went through because it's so uh, We're talk, referring to the Rams again. Yeah, it's so engrossing to look at <laughs> For those who didn't listen to that episode, they're probably really confused that I use those words. But Josh is interesting a lot, so I'm making fun of him. Regardless, so look at the quarterbacks that the Rams have played. Derek Carr. At the time, Sam Bradford. Phillip Rivers. Kirk Cousins. Russell Wilson. Case Keenum. And this past week was C.J. Beathard. So, other than Russell Wilson, who had a great day against them... They have not faced a quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Not not, not on the level of Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins threw 400 yards in that game. No, 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 no. That's not the point I'm about to make here. Okay. The point I'm making is in terms of mobility in and out of the pocket. Okay. So. Kirk also. Kirk, Kirk had like a 20-yard run. On Kirk can game. move a he little bit. He stiff-armed a guy in that game. Kirk can move a little bit, but I'm saying 
They have not faced a guy with the mobility of an Aaron Rodgers in the pocket and out of the pocket. And they're going to come after him and Aaron's going to make his little slides and his little moves and he's going to roll out. He's going to hit some dimes on the run to Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. I think it's a big Jimmy Graham game. Right. I think Jimmy Graham gets up the seam because while they have great outside players on their corners, and I don't think their linebacking core is as good in terms of coverage. Sure. So... I think the I think the Packers get it done. Green Bay coming off the bye. Aaron Rodgers talking that's about feeling as healthy as he has since that week one that's, game. That's another huge thing. Green Bay off the bye. All right. Saints going to take on the Vikings. Oh, Rematch man. of uh, that great playoff game last year. I really hope it's a good game, but I confidently pick in the Saints. And I'm going the three road teams again for two weeks in a row. Love it. Hopefully that... I was the all three. Weren't you? No, you were in three home teams, weren't you? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so three, two weeks in a row, I'm going three home teams, and hopefully that it serves me well again. The three road teams, hopefully it serves me well again. I just I believe in this team. I believe in Drew Brees, and I believe that the Vikings are much less of a challenge than the Ravens were last week defensively. So I believe that they, they get going a little bit, and I hope it's a little bit of a shootout. I hope it's a match, but I do believe that Drew Brees gets it done on the road, and then we're talking about Adam going three zero. Love it. And Pal's picks, and we, finally getting to five hundred. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've been 500 since week one either. No, I was 500 in week two because I went three. I was three and three because I went three and zero oh in week two. All right, yeah. here we go. All right, so pals picks for Josh Lapping. Eagles going to Jacksonville. This is they're not truly going to Jacksonville. This is the London game, so right. like they kind of oh, that's is true. there any really true home advantage? But they're saying it's it's slated up as a home game for Jacksonville and a away game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about we just don't know what's going on with that quarterback yeah. situation going on. I think Blake's going to make mistakes. Obviously, the defense isn't what we were expecting. Yeah, I mean for either team, but for Philadelphia, we were all thinking like, "Oh man, this is the defense that helped them win the Super Bowl." Yeah, but they still have a great front that are going to pressure Blake Bortles. That's when he makes mm-hmm. mistakes, and I just feel like Carson's going to be able to outplay. Blake Bortles, which mm-hmm. is going to in turn get that win. Mm-hmm. Pressure is not off Philadelphia. I don't buy any of that garbage by Doug Peterson. That was dumb. Uh, so they need to get something going on, and they need to get back to 500, and I think they do it right here. You're saying you don't think there is pressure on them? Or oh, there is so much pressure. And he I, said there wasn't. He's like, pressure's off. We are the Super Bowl team. We are now 3-4. We lost more games already than we did all last year. Pressure's off. Nope. ESPN ranked them number nine in their power rankings and I think that they are not in the top 10 and top 10 best teams in the NFL right now yeah, that being said that another time. moving on Ravens traveling to Carolina to face the Panthers here we go so uh, obviously you snuck one out on uh, that stupid Carolina game last week uh, so this is two uh, no I'm sorry Three weeks ago, Carolina won a miraculous game against the New York Giants. They mm-hmm. then did not perform well against the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. They eked another one out against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to come back down to earth once again when they play the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Taking the Ravens defense, they're going to pressure Cam. Cam's going to get in one of his pouty little moods because he's getting hit. He's going to complain to refs. It's not going to work. And they're going <laughs> to lose the game. I wish the audience could have saw your face when you said it's not going to work because that was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, Seahawks traveling to Detroit face the Lions and Matt Patricia. Russell Wilson coming off the bye. I believe in that quarterback more than I believe in Matt Stafford. That's all I have to say about it. I'm going to go with uh, the traveling team. So we are obviously believing in the road teams this week. We've both picked all three. 
Six road teams. Six road teams. That's a little crazy. That's certainly never happened in Pals Picks. That has before. not happened in Pals Picks. Also, I wanted to say I'm a little depressed because you had circled the ones you chose already when I looked at this list, and so I didn't get any surprises. When oh, I'm put sorry. A, I'll circle them next week. Okay. But regardless, I digress. It's fine. Six road teams. Hopefully, we're 6-0. and There we but go. But no, our luck will be 0-6. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our final segment, Friends Fortune. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, this is up you first, my friend. It is me. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm getting out. Just so you know, you broke your Friends Fortune last week because we just hit an hour and a half. Oh, man. <laughs> That's depressing. Okay. So, Friends Fortune. We're going to get it right this week. We're not going to be as crazy, quite. <laughs> but what we're going to do is I'm going to pull these stats real quick. And this week in fantasy football, Adam's team made a pretty big trade. And the two big pieces in those trades were Antonio Brown and Christian McCaffrey. I sent Antonio Brown and two other players for Christian McCaffrey and two other players. Now, Christian McCaffrey's biggest scoring game was 25 this year. And his lowest scoring game is 12. And then if we go over to Antonio Brown's stats, let me pull this up real quick. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's biggest game this year was 25, and his lowest game was 13. So, I am the the Pittsburgh Steelers are home against the Cleveland Browns, and the Carolina Panthers are home against the Ravens. My bold prediction, friends' fortune for this week, is that Christian McCaffrey will have. At least 10 more fantasy points against that vaunted Ravens defense than Antonio Brown will have against the Cleveland Browns at home. That is 10 10 or more fantasy points for Christian McCaffrey than Antonio Brown. All right, here we go, Josh in the room. And uh, although we obviously want to be right in our friends' fortunes, I hope I'm wrong this week because I am predicting that uh, we, we talked about Adam Thielen numerous times over the past few weeks. Seven straight games with 100 yards and never to start off a season has never been done by anybody, let alone an undrafted rookie. So the record right now for most consecutive 100-yard games is held by Mr. Calvin Megatron Johnson. Adam Thielen can obviously tie that game or that record right now in this game against the Saints. On Sunday night, I hope I'm wrong because I'm predicting that he doesn't get it done. He doesn't top 100 yards in this game. I'm saying this. uh, If we break this down and look at it, Adam Thielen has been playing uh, number two corners and not the best defenses uh, in the league right now. It wasn't until last week when he played the New York Jets that the Jets finally slid their number one corner away from Stephon Diggs over to Adam Thielen. I think Sean Payton knows how big and important this game is. He knows as an offensive mind what a weapon that Thielen is, and he's going to have Marshawn Lattimore and some help on Adam Thielen. Now I'm hoping, and I would love for Adam Thielen to continue to show what a dominant wide receiver he is, but I think it's not going to happen, and he's not going to get that record right now. So that's my friend's fortune. We'll see you on Sunday night. Hope I'm wrong. All right, my friends, we are back. So I, I just said this to you, uh, I think in the last three weeks we got the longest episode ever. Continually, Continually. every week. We, we didn't do it this week. I'm, I'm happy about that. We're I hope getting closer. We're not boring you guys to death for too long. Closer to our target. I mean, we never <laughs> bore people. We are always constantly fun, in my mind. Good. <laughs> 
with that, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us for another uh, another another listen, another episode. Yep. Continue to share, like, Absolutely. listen. We also wanted to say that we, this, in the past week and a half, we were added to the Pocket Podcast Network. Which is very exciting. Yeah, it's our, a friend of ours works it, and she's got about 10 podcasts, I believe, on there. So check it out. It's on Pocket Podcast. You can Google that, and it, there's a website, and it, it there's links to all the different podcasts. There's some cool ones on there. There's yeah, it's really neat. When we is, say our friend, that doesn't mean it's all local. Like there are it's not local. All over from the all over the co- country, all over country really. which is really really neat. Um, all sorts of different uh, yeah there's, varieties. There's one called Avocado Toast. They're sort of a political news sort of one. There's a really fun one called Them's the Facts. What they do is three guys sit around a table and they each hit each other with facts. And then the other two guys get to decide whether they think it's real or not. Oh, that's, that's it's, fun. It's kind of fun. I like it a lot. And then there's home viewing, which is they they, they they sort of analyze movies and things like that. There's one called Ghoul Tank where they make up a, a different monster every week, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So there's so a lot of really cool ones, and we're, we're happy to be on on Definitely on a, a lot of variety. Them. They've been extremely kind to us, so we appreciate been. you guys listening to us. Absolutely. And, and we'll continue to listen to you guys. Yeah, so uh, awesome. Check Check that out, everybody that's listening yep. to us, and and support just great, great talk and and passion around around the world. Absolutely. Uh, so find us on iTunes, find us on Spotify, and on Podbean. Otherwise, thanks for listening, guys. God bless.